Hello, and welcome back to Voices of the Valley Flora and Fauna. This is Soleil and Kent Gaylord. Wow, we've got the doc on the show today. Today we will be discussing coniferous trees in the spirit of the holidays. So flame and flaxen colored aspens often take the limelight among Colorado's tree spectacles, but conifers have their appeal too. After all, what is a more iconic symbol of our state than vast dark green forests laden with champagne powder? Okay, so for a quick definition, evergreen plants, which means they keep their leaves green year round, grow as both trees and shrubs, and all are considered conifers with the scientific name Pinophyta. Also, conifers are gymnosperms, meaning they bear cones, and they actually alter their chemistry to adapt to the exceedingly cold winters, and they're particularly well adapted to dry climates. So there are four main types of conifers in Colorado, pines, spruces, firs, and junipers. Native to Colorado are the blue spruce, bristlecone pine, Douglas fir, Engelmann spruce, limber, and lodgepole pines. One seed juniper, Utah juniper, Rocky Mountain juniper, and ponderosa pine, to name a few. Okay, to begin, here are some helpful identifiers for conifers that we may see around Telluride. Let's pretend like we're on a journey. We're going to start in Placerville, we are going to drive up Highway 145, and we are going to go up the ski resort to the top of Chair 14. First on our drive, the junipers. There are three you can see in our region, the Utah, Rocky Mountain, and one seed junipers. So their berries are really modified cones. And because of the berries pungency, they are sometimes used to flavor gin. Gin is a word derived from the old French word for juniper. It's Genève. The first of these three species, the one seed juniper, does occur in Southern Colorado, but we are more likely to see the Utah juniper here. The Utah juniper grows from 4,300 to 8,500 feet, and you would certainly see them around Placerville. They are low-growing with a big, gnarled trunk and little foliage. So in Placerville, you may also see the pinion pine, of which we have mainly the two-needle pinion, and these produce nutritious nuts. Natives actually hold the sole right to harvest pinion seeds, and interestingly, pinions add nutrients to the soil surrounding their base. Pinion pines have a crooked trunk, they're typically around 30 feet tall, and funny enough, people have found up to 30 pounds of pinion nuts stashed in wood rat nests. So we did talk about wood rats and pack rats on our previous show, and how crazy their little middens can be. We can find ancient artifacts, and apparently we can find up to 30 pounds of pinion seeds in their middens as well. So... As you drive by Ilium, you will also see ponderosa pines. These have the widest range of our conifers. They grow in 16 western states, and there are five subspecies. The ponderosas have distinct red bark, large six-inch cones, and three long needles in a little bundle. So you'd see ponderosas commonly down by Dolores in Boggy Draw if you ever go mountain biking there. You may also see the Rocky Mountain juniper growing along amongst the ponderosa pine. It usually grows in higher elevation regions than the Utah and one seed juniper. So Rocky Mountain juniper can be distinguished from the Utah juniper by its more upright and symmetrical appearance. Its bark, which seldomly shreds and flakes, and it's usually single central trunk. So with the ponderosa, you may also see the Douglas fir. This tree was discovered in 1826 It comprises half of all Christmas trees in the U.S., 
and it is also a popular lumber tree. It grows very fast. You will see a lot of this in the Pacific Northwest. The cones are downward facing, unlike true firs, and the Douglas fir accounted for many of the telephone poles and railroad ties across the U.S., and the U.S. Navy actually still uses Douglas firs for their minesweeper ships. You can also use their needles to make pine needle tea. So the Doug fir is actually neither a fir nor a spruce. It is more akin to a hemlock, but it is actually not a hemlock either. Its scientific name means false hemlock. Douglas fir is really a magnificent tree. It usually grows on moist, shady, north-facing slopes, but it can also be found on rocky, open slopes. It is common in cool mesa coves, foothills, lower mountains, and even in the subalpine zone of the Four Corners. It's quite widespread. In the Four Corners mountainous areas, it is a giant at 180 feet and 5 feet in diameter. And the Douglas fir bark is irregularly furrowed in dark gray with hints of orange in the crevices. There's another really great way to identify Doug firs, and I'm going to have my dad tell us a little bit about their cones. One easy way to identify the Douglas fir is to look at the cones that have fallen beneath the tree. The cones appear to have a little mouse jumping into the cone scales with its back legs and tail protruding from the scales. So next, we are entering the valley floor. We are going to see blue spruce. It is a popular tree. It is actually our state tree and Utah's. The blue spruce is highly distinguishable, commonly found on the side of mountain streams and on moist hillsides. The lower branches slant downward and the middle branches slant upward. The needles are stiff. So we would probably see these on the valley floor alongside the San Miguel with that very, very distinctive bluish color. So now we are riding up the chairlift, perhaps near the top of chair nine, and we are entering the spruce fir belt. We do see some spruce, but they aren't blue spruce. Dad, what are they? So they are Engelman spruce which looks similar to the blue spruce, but they grow at higher elevations near tree line, and they usually grow in drier areas. Engelman trunk bark is often cinnamon colored and it's scaled. They also have masses of pendant or hanging cones clustered near the top. So to distinguish between blue and Engelman, blue spruce trunks are often cluttered with branches while the Engelman trunks are more clean. Also, blue spruce bark is gray and furrowed, while Engelman bark is redder. Engelman cones are shorter, usually under two inches, while blue spruce cones are longer, usually over three inches. And now, as we ride up 14 for my personal favorite conifer, the subalpine fir. These grow between 8,000 and 11,000 feet. We actually have two subspecies of the subalpine fir, the Rocky Mountain subalpine fir and the cork bark fir in Colorado. The Rocky Mountain subalpine fir trees range from eastern Alaska all the way to Colorado, and they have smooth gray bark with resin blisters. The cork bark fir, which many of which grow near um, Wolf Creek Pass, is similar but has nearly white bark. So in general, subalpine firs can be distinguished by their thin, warty, silvery gray bark. And they also have flat, smooth, flexible needles with a longitudinal crease running the length of the needle. So as is true for all firs, cones project upward from the top side of the branches. In winter, the cones look like vertical pegs as they are stripped of their scales, so they point upward. Conversely, pine and spruce cones, so to review the, the Engelman and the blue spruce, their cones dangle downward from the bottom side of the branches. 
Like the Engelmann spruce, the subalpine fir is contorted and dwarfed as crumholes, which is German for crooked wood at timberline. So you can see this at the top of chair 14, kind of shrubby conifer vegetation. And along with the Engelmann spruce, the subalpine fir actually dominates the subalpine forests. So that's what I said about the, the spruce fir belt. You would see Engelmann and subalpine fir mixed together. So last but not least, while you won't see them near Telluride, the Rocky Mountain bristlecone is an interesting species and it's only found in Colorado and they're located closer to the Front Range. And the bristlecone can actually live up to 1,500 years old. There was one found near Craig estimated to be 2,480 years old. So the Great Basin bristlecone is actually separated from our Rocky Mountain bristlecone by the Green and Colorado rivers. It's been found to live up to 5,000 years old, but there's actually no overlap between these two species of bristlecone. I just found that it was very interesting that we have this endemic species of bristlecone here in Colorado. I actually didn't know that previous to my research. Okay, so on another note, we do see a lot of large coniferous old growth stands in the Pacific Northwest. Dad, do we have any old growth forests here in Colorado? Yes, we do. So over by Durango in the Hermosa Creek drainage is a contiguous 1,100 acres of mixed conifer and ponderosa pine old growth forest. So this forest area is recognized by the Old Growth Forest Network and is being considered in Congress for special designation. Wow, that is a great factoid. And another interesting one with regards to conifers is the pine beetle. So according to CSU's 2019 Forest Health Report, pine beetles are the single most destructive pest to pine trees. These small native beetles live in the thin outer layer of the pine bark, eventually girdling and killing the host tree. So pinion bark beetles have also had a very damaging effect upon juniper woodlands and pinion pines, particularly after a 2018 drought stressed the trees heavily. Large pinion pine die-off has been observed in southwestern Colorado, especially in 2019. And I remember this spring as we were out near Nucla seeing every pinion pine dead or dying when we were running and biking. So now I kind of have an explanation for why we might have seen that. So dwindling precipitation in southwestern Colorado has stressed all species of pine. And on top of that, we've had this pestilence. So those two factors combined has led to a mass die-off in our pinion pines and some of our firs and spruces as well. So an interesting statistic from that CSU forest report, approximately 85% of the white firs in the Uncompahgre River Gorge near Uray have been killed in recent years. Another common pest of the pine trees that we might see, particularly the Douglas fir, is the western spruce budworm. These worms actually defoliate the pine trees in early spring, and they are particularly destructive in San Miguel and Dolores counties, but they do provide very good fodder for our birds. Okay, so now that we have a good idea of our different conifer species and their pests, we are going to summarize. So we're starting in Placerville. We see the Utah juniper and the pinion pine. We're driving up towards Ilium, we start to see Ponderosa, Douglas fir, and Rocky Mountain juniper. As we enter town, we see the blue spruce alongside the San Miguel. Remember, its cones face downwards, and it has that distinct blue color. As we head up the lift, we see the Engelmann and subalpine fir, the former with red bark, and the latter with distinctive white bark. Also, the subalpine fir cones face upwards, whereas the Engelmann spruce cones face downwards. So now that we know all about our species of Colorado conifers, 
I hope you all can enjoy your drive up the valley or your ride up the lift with a newfound appreciation. You are listening to Voices of the Valley Flora and Fauna. Thank you, Kodo, and thank you, Ben.